for joining us today on this episode of the Be The Light podcast. We're glad you're here with us. Today's episode is a wonderful conversation with um, an incredible human being. Mr. Rob Gothier is on our show. Rob is a teacher. He primarily is a channeler. He's an author And he is also the founder of the annual event known as the Channel Panel. Rob and his partner Kalina have worked very hard with many other channelers across the world, bringing forth information that's in alignment with raising our vibrational frequency and self-empowerment. And we're going to get to talk about all kinds of things today on the show with Rob. We referenced a few things in this episode that we felt uh, needed some further clarification. We reference a beautiful, amazing artist named Vashta Narada. And she doesn't call herself a channeler, but what she's doing is she channels energies of entities and brings them to form through art. Um, it's incredible. Vashta.com, check out her artwork. I think that we mentioned her in Brad's episode because she had done a picture of Adronis. And uh, she has worked with Rob on several uh, beings that he is connected to. And then lots of other people. Like she takes personal commission work. <laughs> Um, if you have an entity that you're connecting with. So she's amazing. Check out her artwork if you want to see any of these beings that we're talking about. Vashta, if you're listening, we would love to have you on the show someday. Her work is a just another beautiful representation of, of bringing these beings. And, and for us as humans here uh, in this dimension of reality, that's a really nice thing to be able to kind of put a face to a name because mm-hmm. this is something that we like to do. So when you go to Vasha's website or when you go to Rob's website, which we will have the link in our show notes, you are going to be able to see visual images of these beings that we are talking about today that are connected with Rob and that he channels on a regular basis, plus many others. There's another concept in today's episode that we didn't really go into a lot of uh, explanation. Rob does address some of these elements to these two concepts, but ultimately we wanted just to offer a little preliminary clarification for you. And that would be talking about type one and type two beings. Type one and type two beings are the descriptions that the... The beings that Rob channels, Treb and Aradif, who are high-dimensional extraterrestrial entities that are deeply connected to his soul, um, they utilize 
these descriptors. Type 1 being service to others. And that also means achieving a certain state of divine neutrality, complete neutrality. You are not interfering with anyone else's soul's journey. You are looking at every soul as a divine radiant being that is having a chosen experience and is experiencing what they want to experience, what they need to experience, and you quote unquote saving them or interfering, even if it's the most benevolent, benevolent, helpful thing that you can do. If they have not asked for that help, you are interfering with that. That leads us into what is a type two being, and there is a scale to type two. So we want to make that clear right off the bat. Just because you're a type two doesn't mean you're like some sort of nefarious person. Type two, at all. by definition, is service to self. And so there are these various degrees within the type two umbrella, and that goes all the way from type two malevolent beings that are so into service to self that they think of nothing of squashing somebody else because they are totally in service to themselves by any means necessary. And then on the opposite end of that spectrum, you have tied to very benevolent beings, which are a lot of humans. There are Mm -hmm. very many. There is You know, I know just in my own personal sessions with Aradif that I've had that he has explained those percentages to me. And so we felt it was important to offer some preliminary clarification on this as you go along in an episode. And sometimes we're not always working with the same vocabulary. And with this episode, that is something that we do talk about. And we don't want to be able to, you're like, what? are you talking about type one type two I missed the memo I don't even know so this hopefully will help shed a little bit of light on that for you as you're listening this conversation that we have with Rob is amazing we get to explore so many concepts we get to explore um, his beautiful wisdom and perspective that he brings to all things and we could not love him more we just cherish him and treasure him and uh you guys are going to get a little gift here because you're welcome he does actually describe in great detail his process his personal process for channeling so if that is something that any of you are uh trying to do, trying to hone these skills so that you can channel information and beings for yourself. Try some of these elements and see see if they work for you. It's a beautiful gift. Well, without further ado, here's our conversation with Rob Gothier. Well, hello, everybody. Hi. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. To say that we're excited would be putting it mildly. Um, Our excitements have been so great for this opportunity, for this moment, to get to talk to one of our most beloved channelers. And friend. 
and friend, Mr. Rob Gothier, is on our show today. Hi, Rob. Hello. It's wonderful to be with both of you guys. I'm so excited. We've been talking about this for a while now, and now it comes to manifestation, and I could not be more excited. It's been a great, great time just talking to you guys before the show, so it's wonderful. (laughs) Yes. Awesome. We are so excited. We are so excited that you're on here. I am. You guys are awesome. Me and Kalina both love you guys to death. Well, it's just going to be like a big love fest here. It is a big love fest. I'm feeling the love already. So we always try to remember and go back in the archives when we're thinking about how we even found out about some of the people that we feel so deeply connected to. And we found out about your work through discovering some of Vashta's artwork of some of the beings that you have connected with. And we just happened to, the one that we ran across was Blonzeer Horror. Do you remember that? Yeah, mm-hmm. I remember that. Mm-hmm. And we were just blown away and we were just like who is this who is this person channeling this information i mean just the authenticity and how pure just the channeling was and the information and it was just so expansive and so we that's how we got connected with you is that we went to your page well and then we devoured everything 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 every single thing Just because we've had a long history, our own personal histories and experiences of, you know, having connections with various channelers, you know, we could go back to the the beginning with Mm -hmm. Jane Roberts and Seth and and Abraham Hicks and Edgar Cayce and on and on and on, right? And so, and and even in our own personal experiences of working with uh, people who were channelers and And so when we came across you, it was like a breath of fresh air of the purest, the the, the most authentic and the highest integrity Mm -hmm. that we knew that you were as as a channel and to be a partner with all of these beautiful high dimensional beings that um, get to communicate through you. And then when you're speaking as yourself, as Rob, the just there's no denying the amount of just unconditional love that shines through you and of course we're all about that so we were hooked that means a lot coming from you guys and i i remember that energy um when i first was connecting to that entity and, and a bunch of entities around that time period it was such an expansive time period i just went from kind of channeling just to share information uh, to doing it on a semi-regular basis for people. I mean, I was doing a lot of channeling for free anyway, um, but I started doing it and getting energy back from it through donations and, and people making payments. And at that time, it allowed me to do it every day instead of just maybe twice a week or something. And the more I channeled, the better this connection got between my guide Treb and and my and his energy kind of connected stronger and stronger. And about a year after that's when I started channeling all those entities, um, the one that you guys were just talking about mm-hmm. and dozens and dozens of other ones. And that's 
when a real corner got turned with my own channeling, the clarity, the energy behind it, and just the amount of different consciousnesses that came forward. Well, as we're talking about this initial, you know, uh, unfolding that was happening, we would love it if you could speak about what this process really did look and feel like for you at the very beginning of when you were embarking upon this path as a channeler. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, the The thing is, when I first started channeling, I didn't, I knew what channeling was. It was called a different name. Um, so I guess I'll take it back. And I've, I've told this story many times, so I'll, I'll give the short version of it leading up to, to the entrance. But I came out of a very dark depression, uh, lasted probably near a decade, uh, maybe a little longer, maybe a little less. But uh, it involved a, addiction to pain medicine when I had my car crash, which spiraled out into a drug addiction. And after all that got done and I reeled it back in, I started having clarity. And after a few months of not having any drugs in my system, um, I started thinking differently chemically. Emotionally, I was just a different person. And the more I felt that difference, the more I started kind of taking in life as an excitement. So after months of this and seeing kind of the beauty and everything again, uh, I started looking for answers. And I, I went to a spiritualist church because it was the only thing that was different from what I was raised with Christianity, but had enough of the Christianity ideals behind it to make that transfer comfortable for me. So right. I jump in there and those, they basically say, Hey, if you come to this church, we can prove that the afterlife exists. We can prove God exists because we can connect to these beings who have passed on, who are on the other side. I went in there. The reading was amazing. No one knew me. No one knew about my son. No one knew any of the details that this person did. And this is before Facebook and uh, before I was on Facebook or MySpace. And after I connected with that person, um, actually, there were some details I didn't even know were true until I went back and talked to my dad, who was our uh, family family tree guy. Uh, mm -hmm. So he told me some things about long past ancestors that I didn't know. So it clarified. I said, man, this is real deal right here. So I started meditating and stuff. I never intended to channel. I never intended to do anything. I seen people bringing entities into their body and speaking like that but they called it something different it wasn't channeling it was metaphysical communication that's what they called it so um did they also refer to it as a mediumship or a medium yep yep that's that's what they call themselves uh, mediums they um call themselves psychics but the mediumship process is the big thing inside the spiritualist church and and i was in there pretty pretty deep um I, I didn't care much for the organized parts of the religion just because I'd lived that my whole mm -hmm. early childhood. Mm -hmm. And when I saw some things and issues pop up in this church that reminded me of that, I stepped back. Mm -hmm. But the one thing they did teach me was to meditate and to listen. And that's all I ever wanted to do. I just wanted to hear messages myself and maybe be in tune with things around me a little bit more. And I, after what they taught me, could take me no further. I started digging into other things. And by this time, I'm emotionally maturing. I'm, I'm completely a different human being. I'm processing my emotions for the first time since childhood, like really processing my emotions. 
and seeing that beauty, like I said, seeing everything is beautiful Mm -hmm. and connected. And at that point, that's when it really started to change. I started upping my meditation, doing binaural beats. And that's when I first met Treb. So when I met Treb, I never even channeled him for almost two years. The way I, I communicated him with was through astral projection. So when I'm communicating with him, I'm not uh, letting his energy come into my body. I, you know, I just came from a whole lifestyle that was wrapped around paranoia and don't trust anybody. So I definitely wasn't letting this thing in my body until I got to know it. So uh, That's probably why. But even then, it was still beautiful, you know? <laughs> That's funny. Well, looking back, say like on your childhood, do you remember having any type of phenomenal experiences or intuitive abilities that maybe you didn't have any context for? Yes, absolutely. I did when I was young. Uh, There was a couple of experiences that were really potent and powerful. One of them uh, was remembering seeing my grandmother and talking to my great grandmother who had already passed on before I was ever born. I just, and To me, I was in this state where I was tired. I had been laying down for hours. When I was young, there was something I could do that was amazing. I could lay in bed, and I could be awake, and I could shut off everything sound-related around me, like literally TVs blaring, sisters and her friends are yelling. I could drown that out, and I could do that from the time I can remember until I was about 9 or 10. And I was doing that one night to try to relax and to go to bed, And I just woke up. I felt like I needed to sit up. I sat up and I communicate with this older lady in my room. Now, at this point, I think I'm dreaming and I'm talking to this person. I get all these different details about my mom as a child, uh, all these different things. And uh, of course, I go back and I fall asleep. And the next morning I tell my mom and she said, oh, yeah, the dreams. You could see she was shooken because there were some things that I told her that I was told that she knew I had no reference for, uh, that I never had mm-hmm. contact with the people who would know those details. But she said, you know, hey, it must have been a dream. And that was it. There was other couple times where I had seen uh, shadows, things like that, that out of the corner of my eye or even in front of me. My my friend, uh, childhood friend that I grew up with ever since I was four, me and him and his brother were playing on the Ouija board one night when I was about nine, seven, eight or nine. And we had an actual cold energy just come into the room, completely scared us. We ran out. Uh, a couple <laughs> pictures got knocked off the wall while we were going down. So I had these experiences, but I never put a frame of reference on it. But it helped open up the belief, especially the Ouija board situation when I was a little older and my, my brain was a little more active in thought process instead of emotional energy. And that helped me gain a belief that there are beings or entities Mm -hmm. or energies that exist after they die never doubted that i'm sure um actually there was and this is something even kalina didn't know if from the time i was a young teenager and i left the church i was actually pretty atheist (laughs) it's not that i was like no there's no god but I'm like, every expla- explanation I've had of God is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't fit. There's no questions. And to me, science could could prove things better than mm-hmm. any religion did. So 
I adopted science as my religion from the time I was a teenager all the way until after my drug addiction stopped. Wow. I held myself accountable enough just to call myself agnostic. Like, I did. I, I know exactly what you're talking about, Rob. I did. I, science was it for me for many years just because I had my own rebellion against the church. You know? Exactly. But, you know. And it was all tied in with that dogmatic mm-hmm. layer that you kind of have to just get through and have to come to your own place of being like, wait a minute, I do believe in something greater than myself mm-hmm. of which I am a part, you know? You cannot yeah. be in nature and just science it away when it affects your heart so much. You know what I mean? I, I, I wouldn't be able to be outside communing with the trees or longing, longingly looking up at the stars and not feeling that there has to be something greater than just myself. Well, looking back, absolutely. I think that the way that I left the church was a really bad way. Um, so I think it was, it was just that energy of being pissed off. I never discounted the possibility of there being something larger. I just, you know, by the time I was in high school through the, uh, early nineties, mid nineties, they had already had the evolution theory. They had already had the big bang theory. So all these things in practical sense made sense for me. It said, Mm -hmm, yeah, okay, that's how it started. But after looking back and being truly honest with myself, yeah, I was pissed. The way I (laughs) left the church was so horrible. Um, The preacher had, uh, we were at this sleepover thing when I was 14 or 15. And one of the kids I was with, he was a troublemaker. He kept getting this aerosol spray can and taking it in the bathroom and breathing it in. And so there was the, some huffing going on at the church party. Yes, what there was. Okay. And he, this kid was with me and my friend. And because I was the oldest one in the group, the preacher grabbed me by my collar and twisted it and started choking me, lifted me off, oh, off my God. feet against the wall. Oh, and I was like, wow, oh. praise God that you're doing this, you know. <laughs> and after that, I was just done with it. <laughs> uh yeah oh that sounds like some of my high school experiences Mm -hmm. Mm, that'll leave a that'll leave a a little bit of a scar (laughs) you know yeah you have to kind of just exit and return of your own accord you know to Mm -hmm. that you know some things get (laughs) shut down within yourself when you have an experience because you know why because i think it comes down to in that moment intuitively on a base level we know how can you be proselytizing <laughs> this idea of God. You see right? the hypocrisy. When you're li- when you're literally you're you're getting choked out by the hypocrisy. Literally <laughs> in that moment. And we know we, we even when we're young, I remember being eight and the Sunday school teacher telling all of us that we were gonna go to hell, which made no sense to me at all. Because I'm like what have we done? I'm, I'm getting banished just for being here. Now that doesn't add up for me. So I, I, I think that's awesome that you had your own experiences mm-hmm. of having this, like I I've, I've been on all sides. Mm-hmm. You have been on all sides of looking at it, you know, and experiencing it. And that's amazing. Yeah. And I think in all honesty, that's one of, one of the reasons I think I gained access to a great deal of growth in a short time because before I hit 20, I had experienced such a realm of different things. Mm -hmm. Um, 
you know, a lot of people don't know. I always tell people when I was a teenager, I was a bad kid, but they don't understand what I mean by bad kid. Like there was this time at about 13 and just something switched in me. I used to run around with people and we would get in fights all the time. We would start fights all the time, physically violent fights, uh, steal things from people. I mean, it was just really tough spot. And before that, I was the dutiful Christian son. And before that, my dad was in the army going all around the country. And after I, I turned into the bad kid, I traveled with my dad across the whole country. So, I mean, all these experiences at 20 years old uh, and having my son at 19. So all these things by the time I'm 20 that a lot of people don't get into until they're in their early 30s, sometimes even 40s. And I had this just huge variety of things that I experienced, things I did, and perspectives from the area of where my actions were coming from. So it really was just a, an extreme roller coaster for the first 20 years. Well, first 28 years of my life. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. Well, you're just cramming it all in there. Yeah, you, you had like, work. You had you serious had to, work to do. You had to get. You had to do a lot amount. Yeah, a lot of work in a short <laughs> amount of time, in order to get to where you are now. Yeah, like we can all reflect back and see that you had to go through the spin cycle and you know quantum leaps and things like that. And that's hard. It's hard to do that. And, I think and, every well, the story with so many people, right? That that get to a certain place where you are being of, of service, you know, to so many, um, there's a lot of people stories that have a history of traumas and lots of stuff that gets crammed in there in a very short mm -hmm. period of time, you know, and I think that's by perfect design for us to have the most growth and expansion and, you got to be a badass if you can go through or choose to sign up for, for, for going through all that in, in a very short period of time and it doesn't break you, you know? That's it. I think in all honesty, when, when you choose to give your energy to other people as a way of life, when you choose to help people who go through trauma, when you choose to share the information that can possibly help people, elevate themselves, expand themselves. I don't consider myself a teacher because I'm a student just as much mm -hmm. as I teach, but I think when you're going through that and that's your life's purpose, between my son and my channeling, I, I serve, I give, I expand into energy of sharing. And when you do that and you do it for a life purpose or a living or just even if you're forced into that position from or perceivably forced from an external you have to understand all the ups and downs in order to help other people mm -hmm. get through that. If Absolutely. I didn't do that, Treb and Artif wouldn't have reference mm -hmm. exactly. for half the things people ask about. Oh, my gosh. That's a beautiful point to bring up. And that's right. Oh, my God. And then we everything. can really see like our challenges and struggles as gifts that were given to us, you know. And have gratitude for that. That that's where that that aspect of having the love and gratitude for all of the experience and all of the the challenges and all of these things. Um, you know, yeah. we really can't talk about the work that you're doing today, as officially as you're known as the ET Whisperer, 
Um, but for doing all of your channeling work and all of your events and just everything, we cannot talk about that without talking about your partner, Kalina Angel. And we know how instrumental she is into mm-hmm. helping have the framework and creating the, um, all of the aspects that goes into creating what you do and distributing it and getting it out to share with everybody, share with the world, serving humanity. So how did you guys get connected? It's a beautiful story. Uh, Kalina is, she's, she's my other half. She's Mm -hmm. a part that completes me. And I, I know that sounds cliche. And to be honest, she doesn't, complete me she compliments me because we were both whole first before we found each other otherwise we never would have been able to find each other but Kalina and I started off as dear friends and that's that's something Trev Ardip have all told people when they're asking how do I find the love of my life find the friends of your life first uh, opposite sex same sex whatever whatever you want to do and you'll find the best connections there and that's how me and Kalina Kalina bumped into my channeling when I was just channeling. I wasn't just channeling Treb, but majoritively I was channeling Treb. She bumped into the work and instantly she just fell in love with Treb. Treb's energy is amazing. He's insightful. She found a comment on one of Daryl Anka, uh, his channeling of Bashar, on one of the videos. And it was one uh, one of my friends who quoted Brad Johnson when I did my very first interview on his show where Brad Johnson said, Rob Gauthier is one of the best channelers ever, even more so than Bashar. And this was like a huge, you know, wow. and, I, I, and I'm not, you know, I try to be as modest as I can. I know now I channel well, but back then I was like, whoa, man, don't do that. But he put the comment. Slow down, don't bring Brad. Bashar in don't this. bring Bashar into this. <laughs> Yeah, I know, right? And, and Bashar, anyone who knows about channeling, Bashar is amazing. 35, 37 years of channel. Oh, yeah. So that was a big, big order to fill. Kalina like, sees this man. comment. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and Kalina is reading through the, because she's a comment person on YouTube. Uh-huh. She watches the video. Too. She reads 400 comments. Same. <laughs> I, I know where all the I good don't shit read is. One comment. I don't read any all of them. All the good shit is in the comments. <laughs> That's where you find out everything. Well, I do on controversial because I love seeing people go back and forth. It's funny to me. <laughs> so Lena reads this comment that my friend put down, and she literally laughed out loud like, "Whatever." <laughs> this is so full of themselves, you know. And she starts to go to the next video, and she said, something in my head told me, I got to check it out. So she clicks on the link this person shared, which was one of my channelings with Treb. She said as soon as she heard it, instantly, mm-hmm. she heard her higher self talking in this weird voice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was just like mm-hmm. instantly she mm-hmm. she resonated with everything that was said mm-hmm. all the way down the line. She wasn't huge on channeling, but she did like uh, Esther Hicks, who I never heard of until – after me and Kalina started uh, dating together, um, she followed her work uh, and Daryl Anka and Nora Harold and mm, a couple other that. people. So she she fell in love instantly. Uh, she reached out to me on Facebook, on YouTube, and we talked a lot. And she actually started doing um, editing 
for me. She offered to do it out of her own time and energy. I said, hey, you know, I'm taking donations. I definitely couldn't pay you, but if you want to do that, sure. So she offered and she uh, edited some videos, put some together, uh, and then I uploaded them onto my channel. And we just became friends. We talked a lot on Facebook whenever we could. Um, we talked whenever we could. And, and at this point, I'm talking to dozens of people who I'd grown close to. Um, at that time, I had a lot of time to talk to people individually, whereas now there's just so many people coming. It's harder for me. But, you know, so I've got all these people, and Kalina's one of them. And then uh, in 2013, uh, my son's mother, I was with her. And at that point, it had been about two or three years where we were just basically living with each other for convenience. She was seeing someone um, while I was there. I, I still tried to work on certain aspects of it, but eventually we decided this this can't continue. We're both miserable. It's like right after I started channeling, our energies just split. Um, you know, she never resonated with that. She did at first. She She tried to. She kind of was curious more than anything about what was going on, but our energy split up. And during that process, me and Kalina talked a lot. She offered um, advice because I told her what was happening. I said, I've been going through troubles with my uh, wife, and I could use a female perspective. And I was talking to people like Savita about this, too, which she's one of the first people who ever followed if you know, if you hear the word Savita and you've listened mm -hmm. to any sessions, she's in almost every call-in show, every live event you'll she's see. She's been it your or number one fan from the beginning, <laughs> from day one. She's the number one Treb fam, she calls them, <laughs> Treb family. <laughs> so, I love it. Uh, finally, um, what what was un, unfixable broke. And at that point, uh, Kalina was there to console me a lot. And we just got really close. And at that point, I had already fell in love with her. Mm -hmm. I just couldn't really put myself out there to do that because I still wanted to make sure that, you know, I was with my son's mom for 20 years from the time I was 14 years old. Um, wow. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we had been together for a long time at that point. So, and we had uh, the son together, which was a huge thing. And anyway, um, me and Kalina started seeing each other. And it, it took very little time to know that we were going to stay together. She instantly said, anything you feel comfortable having me do to help your work, do it. And she went to college uh, and learned a lot of things about the technical aspects of uh, sharing things. She learned a lot of things about all the things that I sucked at. She was good at writing. She could actually spell a sentence and not have 20 red lines in it. So <laughs> I couldn't do she did. Uh, she was also good at some of the same things I was, like video editing, uh, stuff like that. So we made a good team first with our relationship, and the work was a byproduct. And she is. She literally, uh, if it wasn't for her, the work that I share, the ET Whisper, the channel, all that stuff would not be the same as it is now. It would be a lot less in frequency and a lot less in the expertise because she is such a a perfectionist. She wants to make sure it's beautiful. And I never had that until I met her. She rubbed off of me in a lot of great ways as mm -hmm. I did her. That's how it usually goes. But yeah, we if you're talking about UT Whisper, Kalina has to be mentioned because mm -hmm. it, it's the energy, you know, it's it's mm -hmm. a huge chunk of that whole thing. Well, you're you're both independent sovereign beings. And yet when I think of 
E.T. Whisper, I think of both of you mm-hmm. together into it. You know, It's such a beautiful partnership in every mm-hmm. sense of the word, you know? It is. It is. I agree. It's beautiful. And, and it's, it's still to this day, you know, and a lot of people say, oh, you guys are so perfect. You never have disagreements a lot. A lot. It's like, no, on camera, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> but we're real humans. <laughs> Me and her worst disagreement Every relationship I have either been a part of or seen other people be a part of, our worst disagreement looks like the bare minimum uh, <laughs> spat to everyone else. And they escalate way up there. And that's what I love about us. We're no, both- you take the last cookie. No, you take it. No, you. <laughs> that's the argument of the week, right? <laughs> I love you more, Rob. No, no. I love you more, Kalina. I love you more, Kalina. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are star- we've already created the whole scenario it's adorable <laughs> it is adorable but you know i'm i'm listening to this and i think it's beautiful it speaks to you know just like you were talking about you know you were both on your path of healing and the path of having ultimate self-love and so that's the perfect place to be right to to welcome in that new energy that reflects that back to you. It is. And, you know, I, I know at one point you'll, you'll have a chance to talk to Kalina as, as beautiful as my side of the story is her side is just as beautiful, but that's her story to share. It took us both a lot of synchronicities to get to be together. And literally it was just, it's like you couldn't have written it better in a movie or a book. It's just beautiful. Well, that is beautiful. And, um, in addition to you and Kalina, I know you've mentioned uh, your son, Jeremy, and well, the and three of you guys are clearly have a lot of soul agreements. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess I'm just wondering, like, how has your connections with these higher dimensional universal truths like Seth and, and things that Treb and Aradif speak about, about putting things in the context of like the soul, you know, as a sovereign, divine, radiant being of light choosing to incarnate with certain challenges that are going to um, provide the optimum amount of growth and development. I mean, how has that kind of awareness shaped how you perceive the the challenges with Jeremy? Well, when it comes to my personal relationship with Jeremy, uh, our soul's relationship, I've learned more from Trev than, than I could have ever pictured. You know, when I first had him, uh, by the time he was a couple years old is when I saw the extent of his disabilities. Um, you know, when people hear the word cerebral palsy, they think of a lot of different things, and that's because it has such a different extent. And if you put it on a spectrum like you would autism, uh, then Jeremy would be at an 8 or 9 out of 10 for his difficulties, like 10 being completely vegetabilized and and 1 being, you know, um, some of those people have cerebral palsy who can walk, but they walk with a limp or they have a lisp. I mean, that's how wide-ranging that goes. And when he was 2, I finally figured out how difficult that journey would be. He wasn't going to walk. He wasn't going to talk. Um you know, and later on, I found out he has to always be fed. He always has to have his diapers changed, bathe. So he's basically like a newborn 
but in a grown man's body now. Mm -hmm. And I, I figured out the depth of this when he was about two. And it broke my heart. It broke my brain. Um, I just had such a tough time dealing with that. I had always pictured during the whole pregnancy, um, you know, I was going to have a son. And I remember more than anything, I remember how amazing my dad was and how wonderful of a human being he was and everything he ever did for me and with me. And at that point, I said, you know, before I, I came to this realization, I said, I'm going to have my chance to try to be a tenth of, uh, of great as a father as my dad, because my dad helped shape my whole life in, in all these different ways. And then I found that out and I'm like, oh, my God, I don't I don't know how to deal with this. So it was a struggle um, after my car crashed. That's why the pain medicine became addictive, because it hid away a lot of that emotional stress. Mm-hmm. And I've always been a person who could handle uh, problems. I always faced them. I always dealt with them. Something my dad always did, something my dad always taught me. But this this was like, it felt like a heavy burden at the time. So I go through all the years of, of a progressively worse addiction to prescription and drugs. And after I get out of it and meet Treb, I have this different outlook. Um, I always, that was the one thing, a lot of people who, who get addicted to these pain meds or drugs, they completely disconnect from everyone in their life. I did, except for my son. My son was always my number one concern. I always put the energy time, no matter what I was doing, he be, he was number one in my life. Um, you know, I, I did 90% of all, all the lifting, feeding, changing, even through the worst of my drug addiction. So that bond never broke. And that was one thing I could always rely on was my desire to take care of this kid and to help him. And then when I meet Treb, he tells me this interesting story because, you know, he's telling me all these things about creating the realities that we're in. And I'm like, yeah, well, that's great for most people. But what about, you know, people like Jeremy? What, you know, he didn't choose to have this problem. He didn't choose to have brain damage during the birthing process. He didn't choose not to be able. And Treb said, you know, no, that's wrong. That's He did choose it, just like you chose to be you and, and to live with your parents and to come in in this time. And this was a whole new concept to me. And it, it was hard. It was hard to take that in at first. But the more he explained, the better I understood. He told me that Jeremy had been a warrior and many of his last few lives that he had on earth. And that at one time he was actually one of the most intelligent men in the part of the world he lived in, whose name would still be recognizable if I heard it. Uh, so, I mean, this, this was someone who helped the world hugely just with the mind and the, and the brain. And all this came through and, and it amazed me. So I'm like, so why choose this after all those lives that were, Think about it, Rob. Using his brain, he was able to use thought, logic, and create. Being a warrior, he was told what to do. He had to shut his emotions off. And physically, that's all he did was physical, Mm -hmm. physical, physical. And then the life with the brain, brain, brain. Now he needs emotion. Mm -hmm. Emotion is the theme of this life. What better way to live 100% inside of your emotion to shut off your communication to shut off your physical aspects and only exist with emotion. And right then I knew that there was at least some truth to what Trev was mm-hmm. telling me because this kid is 100% emotion. He loves with the strongest amount of love. When he gets mad, he's with the strongest amount of mad. And I, I, I would never try to correlate 
my son to an animal, but like dogs, when they get mad, they'll bite and then they stop and come over and that's just how Jeremy would react. He would be pissed <laughs> off in one minute and love you so strongly the next. <laughs> and he did it more than any of it. When he laughed, he would giggle. He'd light up the whole room. This kid is 100% emotions. Mm. So I took that in and, and I live with that as my new truth. And it changed almost everything about the way I felt about Jeremy, the way I experienced him. Mm-hmm. The only thing it didn't change was my desire. It, it actually enhanced my desire to continue caring for him even more because in that moment I realized not only did he choose me to be his father, someone he knew could handle it. He also allowed me to create this with him. And Mm -hmm. I in turn chose to create with Jeremy in this way. So if Mm -hmm. I'm here to do this and he let me do this with him, then I need to do it better. So it actually became an incentive. And the more I went through the more I would try to understand different angles. Instead of just understanding, I would try to 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 look at different angles, communicate with the higher self, talk to guides, all of these things. And I did learn some things about Jeremy, including his past, including one of his incarnations that wasn't on Earth. Um, but Treb basically said, by emotionally living in this life, that means cutting off connections with higher self-communication too. If if you're told what to do with him, that kind of defeats the purpose of you tapping into his emotions. Mm-hmm. It kind of defeats the purpose. So I, I go through blinded. And as much as it's funny, there's only two people, uh, three people who've ever really connected to Jeremy's energy besides his physical energy. Like the way I deal with him every day, picking him up, feeding him. And one of them was Kalina. One of them was my dad. And one of them was a dear friend's girlfriend who connected with him uh, through a deep meditation. And I know you guys have picked up his energies too before mm-hmm. and connected with the heart energy. But my dad and Kalina both had these vivid dream states of Jeremy talking to them mm-hmm. and communicating with them. And when I asked Trebby, he said, yeah, that was Jeremy's higher self-choice to just share the little bit of information. Mm-hmm. My dad doesn't have the same beliefs that mm-hmm. I did. So he interprets it one way. Kalina interprets it the way I interpret it. And that just shows me a different level of, of the bond, not just with myself, but with my dad, with my, uh, with my Kalina, <laughs> not my Kalina, but with Kalina <laughs> and, and with the whole experience all together. Oh, that's so beautiful. That's so cool. Well, you know, you, you mentioned how instrumental Treb has been. Okay. So what we would love for you to be able to to share with us is how do you describe or if you were going to identify it in any kind of way and we delved into this when we did a, a, an episode just on channeling but we would like for you to share and describe what type of channeling it is that you do absolutely uh, my channeling i consider a deep trance channeling this means when i'm going in to connect with treb I'm experiencing something totally detached from what you as a person who would talk to Treb would experience. You get to talk to Treb through my body, through my voice, through my energy. But what I'm experiencing is astral projection the same way I met Treb. So I'm leaving my body. Treb's energy enters in the body, mixes up with mine, and he communicates that way. And me and Treb are hanging out that way. And that's 
Uh, I don't know too many people who've had that kind of experience. Most deep trance channelers just black out Mm -hmm. or -hmm. they feel certain energies or they have visualizations or emotions. But not a lot of them do the astral projection energy, at least that I've heard of. Mm -hmm. Um, There's many different types of channeling. There's mine, which is the deep trance. Then there's a semi-trance, which is where people are. It's almost like getting ready to go to bed before you dream. You have that uh, Mm -hmm. semi-lucid feeling. And then there's conscious channelers like Nora Harold is a conscious mm-hmm. channeler. She's got her eyes open, can communicate that way. But there's also other forms of channeling. And just recently, I've kind of found out through Ardiff, who's amazing and technical, he explained how the different channelings work. And there's even channelers who go through uh, written channeling, who mm-hmm. go through uh, channeling their art and music, mm-hmm. who go through co- uh, telepathic communications, and then verbal channeling, which is the three um, layers, the the deep trance, semi-trance, mm-hmm. and conscious mm-hmm. channelers. So it's it's really technical and it's really amazing. But when Art have shared this, it made a lot of sense. And for me, I know why I do the deep chance channeling. It's because I I don't I don't want to be involved with that part of it. Uh, people talk about some of their deepest uh, emotional issues. And it's not that I'm uncomfortable with that. If I was a part of that, I would feel like, man, what happens if I uh, am so much mm-hmm. a part of it that I interact and say the wrong thing or mm-hmm. interpret something incorrectly? And because my brain works critically that way, especially when helping people, I think it was almost a pure design to just get rid of myself <laughs> during mm-hmm. that time so that the energy could flow in, in the purest way for me. Okay. And that's not saying deep trance is the best way to channel because I know conscious channelers who are just as clear mm-hmm. and just as uh, brilliant as I channel. It's just for my personal makeup, it was mm-hmm. the best. Mm-hmm. Can you conscious channel for just yourself, though? Like, can you have conversations in the awake state, just, you know, doing the dishes or whatever? Can you talk to Trev and Ardiff just for you? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I do it all the time. Um, For the last three or four years, they come in, which was something different before that. And it was that change between doing it sometime uh, through, like I said, that transition at first from just doing it a couple times a week to doing it several times and then doing it every day as a professional channeler who lives as a channeler. Then I'm doing it twice a day on weekends all the time. And at that point, that's when it really turned up. And that's when artists started coming in. When he came in, it unlocked a whole other part of my energy, which really took my intuition and psychic energies up a whole other bracket. So I can I can hear him clearly. Me and Kalina will sit there, and Kalina's like, "I wonder what Treb would say about this." And I say, "That's what he says," you know. <laughs> or she'll say, "Hey, did Ardiff just say this?" Yep, he said that, <laughs> you know. Well, I know, especially with Ardiff, it was pretty clear at the beginning of of just making that connection with him that we would have our own experiences outside of you know, even being in the Reiki room, just in our own dream state or our Mm -hmm. own meditative state or whatever. It's such a beautiful testament to the validation of the interconnectedness that we can have once we have this point of contact Mm -hmm. with these higher dimensional beings, that it's not just a, 
the valve is neither open nor closed at any, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's a permeable thing. It's, it's, it, it's whenever I've had spontaneous interaction, I know in my own meditative state with art of, mm-hmm. or when we've been in session yeah, with clients. Yeah, I definitely have when there's, you know, he has come across my awareness when mm-hmm. that we've been working with clients for yes. whatever reason. And, mm-hmm. and I'll just go with that connection mm-hmm. and just, you know, ask, for assistance and Mm -hmm. guidance and it's beautiful Mm -hmm. it is and so for you let's just give people a little insight what do you go through when you're beginning we know what you go through once again your process of beginning to channel um whomever uh is going you're going to be doing that and making that connection with what do you do what does that look like all right so processing the channeling energy is different for everybody um i've got friends who can just snap right into it uh like dare Ranka takes some 15 30 seconds mm-hmm. for me it's it's a, a longer process but i think partially because of the way i go so deep plus i i i go through the extra steps to get myself out of the way as much as possible mm-hmm. and this has been an evolution itself before when i very first started channeling like Literally, the first year I channeled, it took me almost an hour before each session to put in energy to get ready to channel. So it was an extremely different process then than it is now. And it still changes and evolves. But right now, uh, when I get with someone, I talk to them. If they're getting ready to have a session or if I'm doing an event, I talk to them. I let them know what's going on. I let them know how the dynamic works for questions, how the energy reacts. You know, like when you're asking personal question, the energy is a reflection of your higher self and all these different beings that connect with you. And that's a reflection uh, of the energy inside you and co-created. And that's what Trevor are to pick up and give you back from their perspective. So I get them mentally and emotionally ready to be in that space because they have to be just as receptive as I am clear for them to get the most out of it. Mm-hmm. After that, I mute down my microphone and I sing in the most off-key, horrible way. And that's why I mute my microphone, because I'm listening to music that allows me to completely neutralize my energy out and to completely be as, as neutral as I can. Um, I used to go through a long, elongated process where I used to have a mantra with Treb that I used to uh, verbalize. And I'd go through all the steps of the mantra and then I would do a visualization Now I can just do it simply by visualizing my breathing. When I'm breathing in, I'm breathing in a white energy, and it pushes out all the energy out of my root chakra and goes into the ground and flushes each breath in as white energy in, each breath out as I'm singing and as I'm breathing outward is a release of tension, anxiety, overstimulation, anything that doesn't make me neutral, and then just keep breathing in that white light. And once it's all flushed out into the ground, then I breathe up golden yellow energy from the earth in each of my breaths in, and I fill up my whole body. And that takes about four to six minutes, and then I rejoin the person. And at that point, then I start the actual process of connecting. Now, at this point, it's different for Trebinard slightly, but the overall energy is kind of the same. What I'm doing is I start my deep breathing And I deep breathe like very slow, systematically through the back of my neck, breathing in. I fill up my whole lungs and stomach. 
and I'm doing this just to get my breathing circuit started. And at that point, I'm thinking about who I'm going to connect to, Treb, Ardeth, um, whoever it is. And Metatron, Nihal, those are different things because I connect to them differently too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mostly just Treb and Ardeth is the breathing. And as I'm thinking about their energy and kind of emotionally feeling their vibration, I visualize my chakra system. And I visualize them very quickly. This comes now in 30 seconds or a minute compared to what it used to take me 10 or 15 minutes to do. I visualize my root chakra second and I go all the way up to my seventh. Then I'm able to see them all as one. And once I'm visualizing the whole chakra system, that's when I start my oming sound. And when I ohm, I do this uh, very loud. And it started off with just me going, ohm. And one day out of nowhere, <laughs> okay wait, so you spontaneously started doing the throat, throat singing, singing and that was never. not anything you trained to do never never wow no, you're bringing that from another lifetime you yes you're in nepal somewhere <laughs> tibet and that lifetime is just for effortlessly real. coming through. That is amazing. People try that for years and never even. I mean, I know when I'm going back and re-listening to sessions because we get to hear you. You know, when we have the recordings, mm-hmm. we get to hear that. That's my and favorite part. It's my favorite part, too. And I'll sit there and try to do that. And it's just like, there is no way. I wouldn't way. even attempt it. There's no way. And I love that so much. And that makes me, that's just like. It just vibrates your whole inside. Well, and to know that you spontaneously started doing that is incredible. It's just amazing. (laughs) I don't know where it came from. And when it hit, I was just. (laughs) I was like, what the heck? (laughs) See, and I hear I had envisioned you kind of sitting in when the throat singers would come to town. You're like, hey, I'm going to sit in on this session with you guys. I'm going to jam. Yeah, and you I'm just started doing it spontaneously. Wow. <laughs> just out of nowhere. Wow. Boom. And That's... it's weird, too, because when I did, I'd heard some, and then I got interested in it and started listening. But I, you know, before that, the mantra thing with Treb was something that I did, and that was to ohm and to get my vibration going. But I wasn't into the Hindu energy. I wasn't into these uh, Hindu uh, type mm-hmm. or Sanskrit type. Um, chantings and mantra. I, I never knew anything about any of that. I just knew this is instinctive to Om. It helps me vibrate my energies. I knew the word Om because everyone in the the metaphysical community threw it around like it was the word and. So <laughs> namaste, you know, Om. Exactly. So I knew that was something that was there. So I used it, and it it transformed into that deep, amazing, uh, vibrating thing. But when I'm doing that now, what I'm doing is vibrating my chakras. Yeah. And the reason you'll hear me go up, and down, and lower, and mm-hmm. higher, or switch the sound is because I'm intuitively feeling mm-hmm. my chakras vibrate with each sound, and I need to change the pitch, change the sound, mm-hmm. or change the level of the volume to get all my chakras vibrating at maximum capacity. Once I do that, um, with Ardip, it comes instantly now. As I'm oming, once it's ready, then I just release out. But with Treb, once I feel all of the energies vibrating at maximum capacity, I'll start my dragon breathing, which is kind of just mm-hmm. like that. And then once I do that, I visualize all my energies of the chakras going into my third eye and then just, boom, releasing through the top of the crown. 
and then Treb comes in, I go out. So it's a little different process with each. Um, but it, it really is. It's, it's an evolution from so far back. I mean, from the time it, I would go through 20 different varieties of visualizations, breathing, mantras, mm-hmm. and then finally I can still do it now. Uh, after my neutralizing, I can do it within three minutes and get connected. So, Wow. I think it's always like that. When we're first starting something, we want to, first of all, honor the ritual process of it because each step is helping us getting into this aligned state to be able to do what we need to do. But as you do it, as you said, regularly, frequently, you become more adept, you become more um, literally attuned to the process Mm -hmm. of doing that, you know? So I think it's cool the way you do it because in doing that toning, you are tuning as you were toning. And to me, I, 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 from the outside perspective of, of seeing that it's really cool just how those things are working on such a, a multidimensional level, you know? And once again, just such a testament and a validation of the power of sound and the power of your own utilizing your own voice for, um, for producing sounds that that can clear your energy field that can heal your body that I mean it's just sound is just amazing absolutely it is and it's amazing too a lot of people would listen to my channeling a year ago and say wow Rob so amazing so clear uh such a great channeling and I I I try not to have a big head about this but I do I, I believe personally my channeling's for the most part, very clear compared to a lot of other channelings that I've seen. There's a rarity to having really clear channeling, in my mm-hmm. opinion. And this we is just concur. my... We concur. Yeah. Thank you. If you need any additional validation, which you do not. <laughs> well, no, I'm just I know saying. People, yeah, but a lot of people you guys have listening uh-huh. uh, who work with your guys' practice, mm-hmm. you, you said some of them haven't heard of channeling before. So mm-hmm. it's important, I think, for people to gauge that. But what's weird... A year ago, you can hear the difference in my connection process, but I can hear a difference in clarity. And a year ago, if you asked me, how, how clear is your channeling, Rob? It is beautiful. It's clear. It's great. But now I can see growth in even that, mm-hmm. picking out energies, uh, picking out word choices, all of these things. No matter how long I channel for, I believe that it will evolve because First of all, me personally, as a person, a human being, and as a spiritual being and growing, but also the time I spend with Trep and the time I spend with Ardiff now, that's why Ardiff's really, really connected. In three years, it's just from really, really good to, oh my God, out of this world, amazing. Mm-hmm. But even Trep, you know, Trep's been close with me now for over 10 years. Mm-hmm. And each day I get better at channeling him. It's just mm-hmm. amazing. And I think... If I channel for 50 years, I'll be able to continue growing for that time. Mm-hmm. I don't know how. I can't see that from this perspective because I already feel I'm doing all right. But, you know. <laughs> it's inevitable, though, right? I mean, it, it, it is a so. true, like, marrying of energies in a way, you know, when you're it, that close and you're working so closely with such a, a clear intention and it's just so cool. Like the whole process is so amazing. Well, it's all being honed as you're progressing along your own personal ascension path, right? Like 
you're having your own spiritual journey. You're also bringing forth and partnering with all of these other high dimensional beings. You are only going to continue to expand and progress. Well, it's, it's wonderful to hear that feedback because, you know, I only can see from my side of the street and I know what's going on inside of me and with my connection is amazing. And you use the word marriage and, and that is a truth. Um, Treb, especially Treb, because of our time together, because of the depth, because of the personal area of growth I was in when I met him compared to now, me and him are, we're soulmates, we're connected deeply, um, just like Helena's a soulmate, just like my son Jeremy's a soulmate, we all have this deep, intrinsic, beautiful, loving connection, and with art, if that grows too, but I, I see this energy, and I've noticed that when you're connecting so deeply and connecting so frequently with these energies, more of them become a part of you. And I can see how my mind is sharpened since I've been with Art and my, my uh, speech patterns, my mm -hmm. ability to write. Part of that's Kalina helping correct it on the writing. But uh, <laughs> all of that energy sharpens. And with Treb, my emotional energy mm -hmm. has sharpened. And both of them, it's like it's an amalgamation. Kalina no longer sees the difference between Trev and myself or Ardip and myself mm -hmm. because that energy is so interconnected and she mm -hmm. sees the intimacy and the depth of those connections. And it is. It's just like having a best friend in the world with you all the time. And this is, you know, it's, it's funny. When I go to connect to Trev, I'm out there talking to him on his planet, on his ship, other planets he's visited. He shows me different things, all these different experiences. And I almost never talk about that publicly with people because that's my part with Trev. Mm -hmm. That's my connection with right. Trev. You guys have your own. You're getting to talk to him, have these <laughs> right. questions. But he comes through me as really silly. That's not how he is when I'm talking to him. Like now that inner voice has taken on his voice because I've heard it so much and relate it. But um, that whole, whole process is such an uh, in-depth and intimate thing. What I mean is just that energy of love is so deep and so connected that it's it's amazing. And when I share part of that, it has to be shared with a, a part of my own heart and soul so deeply that that's why I usually choose who I share that information with and who I talk to about that. Because it is. It's, it's like going out uh, on a personal retreat with your best friend uh, and going to – some people like to go out to the uh, – uh, I don't even remember what they call them, but you go out for silence for 10 days and meditation, mm -hmm. or you go out for an ayahuasca ceremony, or you go out just mm -hmm. to meditate in the mountains. That type of intimacy is what I get with Trev all the time when I'm connecting to him. I get that every day, sometimes multiple times per day. So it is. It's very personal and very, very deeply moving. Wow. Wow. I'm curious. I just... just because this comes to because of my own personal experience. Did you have a period of time where your physical vessel had to get calibrated to these energies that you were channeling? You know, like I know for me personally in starting that kind of work, I had a lot of physical, my body needed a little bit of time to make that adjustment, you know, just like feeling yeah. nauseous or feeling like when you're coming out of it, you're kind of physically like you feel disoriented and dizzy or um, that that type of thing. 
Absolutely. It's, it still happens to me. Um, when I'm connecting with Trevenarda, the energy is so high and I go in so deep and they're so deeply embedded in my body that every time I'm done with channeling, I'm ex exhausted. And I have noticed the difference. When I used to connect with Meta, I haven't connected to Metatron regularly for almost half a year or more. And it's not because I haven't wanted to. It's just it hasn't. my life hasn't taken me to that energy. But when I did, there was a different type of transmutation inside of me. When I channeled him, my body no longer craved heavy foods. Uh, I, I drink a lot more water. I lost a lot of weight. And I'm, I'm overweight. Part of that is because of my bad habit. After I got out of drug addiction, I went to food, uh, and food replaced that. And I gained a whole, I gained like almost 200 pounds in less than a year after I quit drugs. But losing that, gaining some of it back, I lost a lot of weight at the 2015 channel panel. Then my dad passed away uh, less than a, like the day we landed, he was in the hospital, and less than a month later, he passed. That hit me real hard. Going through some of the issues with my son and uh, court with some legal issues that have been going on uh, with custody, that's been hard on me emotionally. So I do fall back on the eating, but I also eat to ground myself. When I come out of that channeling, like I can go all day with eating pretty light, a salad, uh, fruit shakes, things like that. But when I come out of channeling, I have to eat something thick, heavy, and it's like really heavy food. And that happens. Because when I'm that high and ungrounded, mm -hmm. I have to bring myself down. And food yes. for me is helps. Mm -hmm. I, I'm a very grounded person normally. I like when people who have watched my videos, they come and spend a couple days with me. And they're like, you know, you're not really how I picture you. Because I'm just, I'm really down to earth. And I deal with earth things all the time. And mm -hmm. I live my life like every other human does. Mm -hmm. And that to me seems grounded. A lot of people in the metaphysical new age community, mm -hmm. um, they're very etheric and I'm, that's not a bad thing. It's just different. Right. Getting that etheric with Trevenarda makes me have to go back down and ground because it's mm -hmm. so different. And it seems like part of my energies is especially dealing with my son and caring for him. It, it's almost impossible to do the types of things I have to do with him while I'm so etheric. Sure. So it's it's a balancing game, and my body does. It readjusts and adjusts, and I, I'm actually looking forward to connecting with Metatron better because that is almost a natural process. Can I get on the like Metatron diet? <laughs> That's what it. What does the That's Metatron <laughs> weight loss plan look like? I, do I have to channel Metatron? It doesn't hurt. <laughs> Because I'm I'm always looking. I'm always looking. It's weird. I can it's relate just... to you so much on this, Rob. I know exactly what you're talking about. When we come out of session with clients, like Melissa lives off of the air. Like she could take a couple of swallows of air. She's good all day. Maybe a few <laughs> ice chips. She's happy. <laughs> Me, <laughs> when we come out of session or... Like if I have gone into, um, it, it, and I know this has both happened to, you know, if I've gone into a deep meditative state with not planning on doing any kind of channeling, but it spontaneously happens. Yeah. I'm like, I need to eat a lot of bread and butter right now. <laughs> I need something to bring me back in to my body. I, so I, I, I totally get that. I oh yeah 
<laughs> well, thank you for uh, answering that. Um, we've been talking a lot about Treb and Ardiff, uh, without really talking about Treb and Ardiff. So <laughs> <laughs> maybe you could, you know, Introduce start us, with right. talking about who they are and where they are and, you know, just your soul connection with them from your understanding. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's uh, very important. And a lot of time when, when I share this with people, I always wait till uh, as late in the game as I can because it, with Treb especially, um, a lot of people have pre-built judgments uh, when it comes to Treb. And that's because of what he is physically and, and how his body manifests out. So Treb is a fifth density human-reptilian hybrid. And that means that Half of his genetics are from a race called the Nihal, which are actually future human versions that move out to a star called Beta Leporis. And they created a hybrid between their own DNA and an actual second density or animal reptilian being. And they created Treb's race. And Treb's race is uh, 100% benevolent. They're what you call type one society and not on the Kardashev scale type one. But type one meaning that they are on the completely, scale. <laughs> yeah, they, they don't interfere with free will. They don't get into that stuff. They let you have your experience. If it, A lot of aliens or ETs, they say, hey, we did this and we changed your DNA and we uh, fought back these bad, evil people because we want to protect you. Treb says you don't need protection. You create what you need to. So I give you what you want and you give me what you want. And we share because it benefits both of us to grow. That's the perspective that a type one has. So he is goals. very tall, like over seven and a half foot tall, uh, very large reptilian looking being. His physical aspects are more reptilian than human. Um, he's blue green. He has uh, little red dots all over him. And he wears a silver robe with gold boots that's high fashion right there listen uh, so i i've seen his outfits <laughs> and i want them because he does, is the best dresser does he Lena have a lot of different robes jealous. does he change his robes out do you ever see um, him in actually other? i've only seen him in two but yeah i there's actually been different yits i call them mm -hmm. uh that's kind of the racist nickname that was given uh, by a friend who wrote the very first book with Treb. Um, so the Yitz, I've seen them wear colors. Most of them wear silver and gold. That's kind of built into their DNA, the shiny, metallic energy. But some of them wear like a metallic blue, metallic red, metallic orange. So I've seen it all. But Treb specifically, I've only seen him with uh, either the silver uh, robe with the gold boots or the gold robe with the silver boots. <laughs> And 99% of the time, it's the silver. Or sometimes he won't wear anything. I mean, sometimes he won't have any robe on. Um, you're going to know. You're going to listen. Yeah, he, he is, his fashion is amazing. I love his clothes. I love his boots. And one of these days, Kanye West is going to see this. And when you start seeing that line rolling out from Kanye, he has stolen that from Treb. I'm Hopefully he doesn't call them Treb boots. Treb boots. <laughs> Yeah. 
Kalina's highly jealous of it too. She's Me like, too. I want to watch that. <laughs> 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 so that's that's kind of trap, I guess, in a in a nutshell. Um, he's oh yeah, he's a fifth density being, which means he lives in the sixth dimension. Um, he's at a point of evolution where he's mastered love, unconditional love, uh, connection, all of his personal relationships, planetary, uh, collectively, personally, they're mastered. And he's on his way to finishing the wisdom part of the soul's evolution. Mm -hmm. So he's in the, the end of fifth density, and he lives in the star that we call Capella. And when we look at Capella, it's one star. But actually, it's uh, two binary sets, mm -hmm. two large ones that are like 10 times bigger than our star, and then two red dwarfs. And he lives in the largest of the two red dwarfs, and he lives on a planet that's almost twice the size of Earth. Very beautiful planet, but it's very close to the star. Um, I've been there. I've seen it. It's gorgeous. Uh, everything's beautiful on that planet. I mean, literally, skies are purple. Uh, the plants are all red. The water's wow. green. It's just amazing. Oh. Yeah, it's it's wonderful. <laughs> I want to learn graphic art just so I can kind of share with people oh. about Trab. Yeah, that's now, the coffee Arnie, table book I need right there. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I, I, I try to get Vashta to, to do some, but she's like, yeah, really busy. <laughs> plus, I only do beings, not their, not their home world. So. <laughs> um, oh. But Arda, he's a different story. Now, Arda... I know because I've had flash some, but I don't communicate with Ardiff like I do with Trev. Trev I get to go to and see and talk to. And when I'm with Trev, I can talk to Ardiff, but I don't see him in front of me. I mm. only verbally, telepathically communicate with him. Mm. Part of that, I think, is because he's higher uh, dimensionally than Trev is. He's considered sixth density, um, which I'm not sure if he considers it sixth dimensional and another vibration or seventh dimensional, but... It's sixth density. He's at the place where he's mastered love, uh, connections, relationships, and he's mastered wisdom, which means he knows all of the things that you can know about the universe at large. Now he's at a part where he places those two together, love and wisdom. So basically, if he becomes logically interested in something, then he will intimately acquaint himself. He becomes connected on that level of dear and true love, whether it's uh, reading a book or connecting to another being or if he loves something then he'll learn everything about it all the way down to the to the most minute details of how the energy works the mm -hmm. atomic particles all of it so i mean this guy is at the level of complete physical mastery the last step before leaving physically the universe so mm -hmm. ardip is huge energy but he's packed in a little tiny body he's like three foot six or seven i think He's little blue guy, a pale blue. He's humanoid looking, but his features are very non-human looking. Obviously, the blue skin. Mm -hmm. He's also got these weird feet that have mm -hmm. seven toes on it. They're like little grabby feet. And um, I could always picture him like grabbing the edge of a cliff and leaning over. It's just weird. I, I think his feet are weird. Kalina thinks they're adorable. But <laughs> it's just that he's got weird feet. And he also has uh, too. <laughs> that's our philosophy difference on Ardip. Um so Ardip's really small he's got purple hair, purple eyes Treb has no hair and purple eyes that's something they share um, 
and he lives on a star system uh, that's called Deneb, and Deneb's a huge, huge star, mm-hmm. like hundreds of times bigger than ours. And I don't know much about his home world. I've never been there. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's never really talked about it in depth. He said that he's going to share his whole personal life with me. I'm in a stage where I'm ready to write like four books with him. Oh and each God. time I'm like, hey, what about this? He's like, when we get to the book, we'll go through all of it in detail and depth. And that's one of the things I want to do is is find out about artist's daily life. I know yeah. him intimately as a being. I just don't know what his, his life's like. And Wow. Well, that's um, interesting because we have we have conjectured that ourselves. In fact, we've almost asked that question. Mm-hmm. I feel like a couple of times, but of course, yeah. you know, we're gonna we're still got a little of that type two service to self, so we're gonna only <laughs> ask questions concerning ourselves. <laughs> no, but I, that's, <laughs> I'm excited. I cannot wait for you guys to co-create these books together. I, I am so it. excited for that. Now, did he just dis- so? Like the physical description of of art, if, was that provided by him? Since you've never seen him, I've seen him before, but only in flashes. I don't get to see him like face to face. Kalina's seen him better than I have. Mm-hmm. Um, Kalina sees him more frequently than I do, mm-hmm. and through the channeling, he he verifies yes, that was me that you saw mm-hmm. with Kalina. I've seen flashes of his feet and flashes of his. Uh, face and upper body <laughs> and I've seen flashes of his whole body before but Kalina has seen him in much better detail mm-hmm. but yes he he did give physical description the first time I ever heard from Ardip I didn't even know who he was um Treb always talked about this being that was like him to to me and oh that reminds me I, I suppose I should tell my relationship with him from my perspective so Treb from what I understand, is the highest probable future version of myself oh, wow. in the fifth density. So when I graduate through lives and, and go through fourth density, then one of my highest probabilities of having a fifth density life would be to be Treb. So oh. he's like a, a very possible future incarnation of me. Oh. And Ardiff is the same thing, just mm. further out in sixth density. My relationship with Treb, I consider him my higher dimensional guide. Uh, one who brings down information, who connects to me. And Ardip is Treb's guide, even though Ardip's still my guide, too. Um, he's like one of Treb's guides. So Ardip's a probable future version of myself also. And when when I first heard about Ardip, that's how I heard about him. Treb was saying, you know, like, you are with me. I am with this other entity. And Treb called him Dinib Cygnus, which is the name of the star in the constellation. Dinib and the Cygnus, the mm-hmm. swan constellation. And then all of a sudden, uh, Jefferson, during the first book, uh, Jefferson Viscardi, when he wrote the book with Treb about his personal daily life, um, he asked to bring another being forward to share the information about how the universe is perceived by them. He brought Ardiff in. And when Ardiff came in, it was literally like the most intense 20 pages in the whole book. And at that point, I began to have an awareness of Ardiff. And that's where that relationship grew from. So, Wow. That that is so cool. That is so cool. Um, You know, when we have each had our personal sessions, uh, whether it was with Treb or Ardiff, you, as Rob, as being the channel, you have this amazing ability to be like a switchboard because what we've had 
we've we both have requested that if there was any other um beings that wish to connect with us if we could do that and so here we are having a channeling session with Trevor Ardiff and then another being that we've asked to communicate with who we don't know who it's going to be comes through that has a deep connection to us and so we're we're curious if you have an awareness of this from your perspective while you're channeling either Treb or Ardiff, can you speak to how that process actually is working uh, when we're getting these, they're, they're acting as a conduit and mm-hmm. a connector and a facilitator for this contact of this very highly personal contact? Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's where my, my nickname came along, the ET Whisper, because at this point, I've connected to well over three, I say 350, by now it's probably 400 different. Seriously, ETs. for real. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, just real, with so. me alone, I've got five. <laughs> I mean, seriously, for every session I've ever had, I've got somebody else, you know, and so that's just me. Oh, that's amazing. It, <laughs> yeah. It, it's It's something I never really thought about. And for me, I see it this way. When I'm channeling, whether it's Treb, or Ardip or any of these beings that have ever talked to you, I'm still connected to Treb. Mm-hmm. When I channel Ardip and Ardip only, I'm still connected with Treb. Mm-hmm. So Treb and Ardip come as a couple now. Even if you've never talked to Treb or never talked to Ardip, they're always there with each other when that connection's happening. Which is why and they can that, just go back and forth, right? So easily. Right. And that okay. Yeah, that's why I don't have to stop channeling and bring right. the other one in. They can go back and forth. Now, from my perspective and what kind of Trebs uh, verified for me, when I'm connecting to the guides that are connected with you guys or someone who calls in, who talks to a guide uh, of theirs, I'm not really connecting to that energy myself. I'm not unplugging from one and replugging to another. Treb and Ardip are bringing their energy in to the pathways that are already created And that's why some entities are able to come in flowing beautifully and quickly. Others a little slower. All of the time it's a different pitch, a different Mm -hmm. sound, a different uh, quality of sound, like uh, loudness, softness, Mm -hmm. things like that. It's because when they're coming in, they're coming into pathways that have already been pre-dedicated and determined for Treb and Ardip's energy, which are both resonant energy but still different. Mm -hmm. And then Treb and Ardip are kind of like helping them come in. And this is something that I enjoy because I, I feel like a level of protection. I've had type 2 entities come into my, my body before and I've channeled through them. Even one was a 50% malevolent, benevolent uh, reptilian being that was the bad kind of reptiles most people kind of look at them at. And I still felt very protected because I knew mm-hmm. Ardip was ushering the conversation. And when he let this mm-hmm. energy in, He's he the stands bouncer. as the keeper. Yeah, right. Absolutely. He's he's like got it in a container. <laughs> absolutely. And and if anything goes, and he even said that before this specific channeling, because it, it was an entity that someone else wanted to talk to real bad. They had a connection with him. And Artif said, I'm going to bring this entity in. If it gets disconnected, it's because the lack of resonance with the energy will be so high mm-hmm. that we don't want it to interfere with Rob. So we'll cut it off. If that happens, you'll know why. But it wasn't an issue. The entity mm. came in, very respectful of my energy. And I think he was just happy to be able to talk to the person because 
they had been through so much together and wanted to to share. Wow. And it was a little bit intense when you listen to it. It's like woo, <laughs> but it's still it's and that's every entity, whether they're benevolent type twos, type ones, mm-hmm. or mid range type twos. Um, it doesn't matter because Ardip and Trevor are. I always look at it like they're channeling those beings, even though that's not specifically what happens. It's almost like that. So, mm-hmm. Well, I would just like to say, I mean, and I know Marilyn feels the same way, but from my personal experience of having um, my session with Aradif and him bringing another being that I'm connected with through, the energy is just so completely changed and so completely different. The entire vibrational frequency just shifts and you feel it, you know, and especially if it's someone that is personally connected to you, your heart feels like it is going to just explode with love and bliss. It is such a powerful, powerful it's a physically powerful feeling like experience. Mm-hmm. I love to hear that because a lot of people tell me that they're like, I've been aware of this energy, this entity, this being, this guide, whatever the case is, and I've never been able to verbally connect. And when I feel them come through, I feel not just the resonance of what they're saying, knowing that they're the right being, knowing that the identity of that being is there, but knowing the energy behind the being because I'm able to feel that, yes. you know, and and Kalina's. You know, she's a channeler, too. Kalina is a channeler. She does amazing written channeling, some verbal channeling. So she's she channels herself, and she's had me channel different aspects of her guides before, too, so she could see because she knows my, my channeling was already highly developed. And Kalina channeled well before I even knew what channeling was. When she was a kid, she was doing it mm-hmm. and then redeveloped it, an excitement for it to do it as an adult. So her energy is bouncing that off and she she can say you know some things that i've never talked to you about or never told you about these entities are sharing with me and the heart energy is the exact tone that i feel when i'm connecting with them in writing or verbally or energetically so i i i don't know what that feels like from your side of it but i feel good about it because i've heard that now from so many different people mm-hmm. of how well that heart connection or excuse me, the mental connection is, whatever the connection. It's mm-hmm. just I'm glad to know it resonates with them and that they gain access to their own expansion and happiness from it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just a profound experience. This right. is another reason why we advocate for people to get connected with people who are channelers because at the end of the day, we all want to be our own channel, if you will, just like when you're wanting to get into a place of being able to connect with your higher self and to channel that. But we have all of these beautiful allies. That's how I look at it. Mm-hmm. I look at, at Treb and Aradif, um as being these very high density, high dimensional beings who are helping us who have made, we've all agreed that we're going to work on and do this together. And that's a real valuable resource and it's a real important relationship to, to really foster and nurture. And that's, that's, that's why we, 
put a lot of focus on channeling and why it's important. Well, and I can't tell you just how much connecting with you and Treb and Ardiff has helped me evolve and grow. You know, I mean, Treb has handed me some, I don't want to say harsh truths about myself, but he's definitely given me some stuff to consider. Well, (laughs) I'm I'm going to concur because that's going to roll right into the next thing. I really, really want to talk to Rob about just because it was the eye opener for me. And I I don't want to get too deep into this, but essentially, you know, I spent my entire life believing that I did not come from this earth, that I came from another star system, another planet. So Treb in his sweet (laughs) and loving and beautiful way. I'll never forget that. Course corrected my ass in about two shakes when he drops the bomb on me that, oh, (laughs) no, uh, it's not exactly as you perceive it to be. Um, actually, Marilyn, you have only lived as an earth seed. You've only lived here. You've only, you've spent your entire existence as a soul. You're 2.9 billion years. You are part of the original earth consciousness. No, no, no. In fact, nobody left you here. (laughs) <laughs> you know no one's coming to get you either <laughs> you can stop looking for that ship to come and pick your ass up because it's not happening um he was so sweet and it was such a profound revelation like you really it rocked my story of who i was as a human being that i'd had from the time i was little like little little and but yet the context and these things that he gave me in this concept because you don't really hear very many people talking about, you'll hear people talking about star seeds until the cows come home, <laughs> but nobody's talking about earth seeds. And so this is really where I want your insight because yeah. I know that personally you're a fellow earth seed. Yeah. I also know that we both were part of the, uh, the original beings of the conchi. And I just encourage listeners to go to Rob's YouTube channel oh, and listen to that channeling. I'm everything. not going to get into the conky and describing that right now. But my, my point being the awareness of having people awaken to this, this idea of earth seeds and star seeds, because we see it as a very important component of ascension. We see it as an important component of people's individual understanding of themselves and who they are and having this deep abiding connection. We know when we have clients in, we can tell if they're earth seeds or star seeds when we get them on the table. You know, we know how important it is just from our experience, the partnership and the, the, the scope that we can have together as Mm -hmm. an earth seed and a star seed. And I know Mm -hmm. that, you know, you feel the same way about your relationship with Kalina Oh, yeah. Yeah. So what is your whole perspective on the and if you could just take a moment to, you know, kind of explain what this concept means to be uh, an earth seed and speaking to the importance of the earth seed and the star seeds co-creating together. Well, this this is a beautiful concept. Treb, Treb, uh, especially and then Arnip afterwards, uh, always talked about 
the beings who come from Earth who have lived at the beginning of the incarnation cycle of Earth, me being one of them, from the first, very first incarnation cycle, coming in as a soul and saying, I want to live on Earth, I want to experience all this planet has. But Kalina is the one who kind of coined that phrase, uh, Earth Seed, because she did part of her own show when she was doing the Earth Experience um, radio show. She said, I want to do an episode on star seeds and earth seeds. And then that name stuck. As soon as she said it, she brought me on and we talked about the contrasting energy of ourselves because Kalina is a star seed. I myself am an earth seed. And then Treb and Art have both, uh, you know, put in their insight and information. And it was one of, it's actually to this day still my favorite co created thing that we ever did, even though Kalina came up with the idea and and put it together so masterfully and beautifully with a high production volume. <laughs> I still put my energy into it. So it's a beautiful thing. And I love it because it helped me open up my eyes a lot. Um, mm -hmm. You know, me being an earth seed means something different than a lot of other people who go through the earth seed. But one common thing is we've been through the entire cycle. And a lot of people... I guess, struggle with the concept of incarnation cycles, things like that. So to put it simply, uh, consciousness comes from the largest form and then fractalizes itself downwards. And when it does that, an entire solar system fractalizes itself down into the individual planets, the individual planets into oversouls, the oversouls into millions of different incarnations from first density, which is elements second density plant and animals or anything living um, that's perceivably below a human, then third density is human, fourth density, higher dimension, fifth higher than that, sixth even higher. So when you're going into an incarnation cycle, you're splitting into a planet when the solar system divides its consciousness and you're saying, I'm sticking with this planet from the time that the rocks slap together through the term of, of the physical part of the evolution all the way to the planet, blows up, burns up, whatever the case is, and I'm going to be a part of that. And and for the Earth incarnation, we've had lots of cycles. We've had the Conqui, we've had Lumanians, and then we had Lumerians, Atlanteans, uh, Earth reptilians, and humans. And when you're an Earth incarnation, you live through all of those as third-density beings, second-density beings, all the way up to however high they go. Not every race goes through all six densities some go to third and they're done some go to second and they're done uh, some never make it past first so the earth incarnation cycles one of the richest ones because it has this polarity uh, extreme polarity which is not completely uncommon in, in the universe but it's it, it's in the rare five or ten percentile wow. of the entire universal structure for the amount of adversity you have to go through and to top that all off, as humans, as our part of the fifth and sixth incarnation cycle, other beings from other planets came in and manipulated our DNA. So no longer are we just these beings floating through our evolution. Our evolution is jumped and other races come to try to fix what the other race did to us and give us multidimensional DNA. So this means we are guaranteed sixth density pathway. We get to exist from third density to sixth without any issue. Every time you go to sleep, you're jumping in higher dimensions. Right. Every time you're sleeping, you you get the multidimensional experience. 
And I think that's why Earth is competent. Uh, that's why we have star seeds here. Most planets have their own incarnation cycle, and there are visitors, of course. But Earth has tons of these beings that came from other star systems to learn about, to understand. It's beautiful, though. All these beings come from everywhere, and that's a star seed. They're coming out of their own incarnation cycle into ours to visit. Mm-hmm. Kalina's one of the ones, and I'm not going to tell her story. I try to always stay away from that. She's a star seed who came and ended up repeating more than the one life she intended. And I'll leave it at that. A lot of star seeds <laughs> do that. Mm-hmm. A lot of them. Melissa so can that's relate. kind of different. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and that's that's you know that's it. That's the that's the idea behind it. The earth seeds and star seeds. And for me, being an earth seed, what I've learned about being an earth seed is that I can handle anything, right. whatever's thrown at me. I can deal. We've with. seen it all. We've done it all. Yeah, it's just yeah. like there's nothing. There's nothing. That this one life, how I mm-hmm. talked about all those experiences, the vast variety and spectrum that actually comes. In, in shape of all my lifetimes I've had through Earth, but it just shows up in one life this time. A super advanced type deal. <laughs> right, right. Bringing it all in there. Well, you got to keep up in, the, up in the game, right? Every time you come back. Oh, yeah. Well, and it's also a testament to <laughs> your badassery on that higher soul level. I, I do look at like... If you come in here and we are, we've made these choices to have um, various degrees of challenges. And um, I think we all pick our language very carefully when we talk about this. I think at any other point, you might say other other words to describe those challenges. But it is for our own expansion. And when we get to have that awareness, that blows the doors off of everything, Mm -hmm. you know, and you're able to, um, you're really able to have that gratitude and awareness of, of the experience. So I'm really grateful that you have spoke to this thing. And I know Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to be having other conversations with you and we're going to be having conversations with Kalina. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and this is something we can go back and visit because, um, it is, it's so cool. And to have people awaken to their, who their, 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 their true nature is a beautiful thing right now in this time of ascension of, of where we're all at, at our various places. Um, Rob, for people who want to keep up with what you're doing that want to check out your website to keep up with your events your classes all of the awesome stuff that you guys do where's the best place for them to come find you um i would say for for the best place uh to see really what's going on if you join my personal facebook rob gothier i'm i'm not the only Rob Gothier from Kalamazoo, but I'm the only one who's got a similar picture to the to the one you're going to put on the website. <laughs> so that's really where most of my stuff is, and okay. that delves into my personal life. And but you uh-huh. know, lots of places, website, Patreon, um, mm-hmm. lots of different places where we put our energy out right now. Okay, mm-hmm. your website is etwhisper.com. 
com. And for everybody that's, we know we've recommended your works to our clients over the course of many years. Mm-hmm. And for people that have been following you and are wanting to stay up on all the cool extra content that you're providing, they can become patrons on your Patreon page, which is, I believe, patreon.com slash ET whisper. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. Okay, right on. Your YouTube channel, prolific. Mm. Uh, So much free content. Oh my gosh. You have put out for the collective. Every single session on there. And I have listened to almost all of them. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've listened to a lot of people's personal sessions. Well, you never know all the cool stuff that you're going to hear in that. one, One question can just be so illuminating because of the high, high dimensional wisdom that is coming through touches on something that everybody can relate to. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah. And I, I just, it's beautiful. It's just such a beautiful gift that you have given to humanity. Well, and for people who want to really get into your community, it's such a beautiful two-way street. You offer up a lot of, you invite people to vote on things that you're they're wanting to hear Arda for Trev talk about. You got all kinds of really cool things. Yeah, I tell people if if what you find on YouTube is scratching that itch for the channeling that you desire and you want more, go to Patreon because we've got mm-hmm. all sorts of different levels, but even for the lowest level, like $11, you get at least two or three extra channelings plus voting on what you want to hear plus seeing uh, some live events that we do, uh, getting discount for the live tickets. And we even, you know, drag our channel panel energy into there. We've, we've mm-hmm. offered discounts on the channel panel, which is something completely different that me and Kalina uh, run with multiple channeler events. So we do it all at Patreon. I, I'm trying to get everyone in the world who likes our work to go there Mm -hmm. because I would like to be able to take two weeks off of doing personal sessions and just make videos, free videos for Mm -hmm. the YouTube, uh, paid videos for the Patreon and really put my energy into archiving as many hours. Cause the YouTube channel, like you guys said, I I said hundreds of hours, but now I looked at the, uh, um, the analytics of Mm -hmm. YouTube page and there's thousands of hours of videos out there. Mm -hmm. Um, just in our channel, with just our channeling or group events that we've done. And it's, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Like the number one view that we've had in the last few months was the 2015 channel panel had uh, eight channelers, two days, just something that you don't find on channelers. This is like normally uh, $50 things that people make you pay for mm-hmm. when you're doing it. And after nine months, we gave it to everyone for free because we want people to grow. Mm-hmm. We want people to see the information. Well, that's because... You're following your highest excitements and you're serving humanity yeah. by doing that. And and for that, we are truly deeply, deeply grateful um, for, for just all of that. We know how much work goes mm-hmm. into creating all the content that uh, you and Kalina put together. And then when you have the channel panel and when you have your event in Nashville and... Um, and, and for everybody, you can go to their website, you can go back and look at these past events and keep up and, and get on a news, you know, just keep up with what's going on with Rob because, and Kalina, because they're, they're always doing something amazing. Mm-hmm. And 
we just love them mm-hmm. so much. Absolutely. Well, we love you guys too, what you're doing, getting people to come on to talk about their life, their perspective. We've been listening to shows and uh, we know a couple people personally who we've channeled with, uh, parts of the channel panel and stuff. And Brad's been my longest uh, channeling friend. He was the very first person in the channeling community that ever reached out to me to do an interview. And since then, we've been great friends. So you guys are bringing all these beautiful perspectives out too. And we appreciate that more oh. than you could know. Oh, thank you. That's so sweet. That is. We, we love Brad and we had such mm-hmm. a wonderful, beautiful conversation and got to explore a mm-hmm. lot of really amazing concepts with him. And yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, he's a great dude. Yeah. He is a great dude. A lot of exciting things. <laughs> happening for him and for everybody mm-hmm. and the, the everything continues to unfold and expand because we are living in this beautiful time of ascension we the we're all getting higher vibrational frequencies and we're raising the vibrational frequency of this reality that we're living in and we're all working on that together and that's exciting it's just there's nothing more exciting than that really like Treb says that's exciting as well <laughs> well rob thank you for being on the be the light podcast thank today. you so much and we are eternally grateful for all of the work that you are doing in your service to humanity mm-hmm. and thank you guys for having me on i i love you guys personally um i love what you guys are doing with this show and I, i'm just grateful to be a part of it i always have the, the beautiful thought in my mind that if I'm a part of a person's journey, regardless of how that manifests, what it looks like or how it feels, I'm always grateful. I'm Kalina will look at me while I'm looking at video comments and someone's like, Hey, you fat guy, why don't you F your mom or something really horrible? And I always laugh and she's like, how can you laugh? <laughs> and I'm like, because I gave that person a smile or something to get mad at. Mm-hmm. Um, even if they're laughing at me, it, it, I'm a part of their journey. So. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, well, in in a better light, I'm glad to have actually been a part of a deep <laughs> guys. And, so, and you for me. Thank you for that. <laughs> oh my gosh, Rob, you're so funny. <laughs> <laughs> and that's such a. A beautiful way to look at things, too. So thank you for that. That's amazing. It is. Thank you guys, too, so much. I love you guys so we much. Love and you. Love Take you. care. Bye. Take care. Bye. Bye. I'm sure you guys are feeling all that love as much as we felt it and are continually to feel it right now. I know. Rob. Rob. What an earth angel. For real. For real. I know. Um, We we are so blissed out. So blissed out when we got off the line with Rob. So we're hoping you're feeling that and taking that feeling and expanding on that. And... 
you know, we talk about the importance of a spiritual BFF. We talk about having a buddy in your life that you get to share your journey with. And, you know, Melissa and I, we got each other. Mm-hmm. Rob and Kalina, right? They, even mm-hmm. though they're like, you know, partners and, and life partners and, and, and things, they've got each other. Mm-hmm. So with that being said... If you're listening to this podcast and you don't have anybody in your life, I can tell you that there is somebody else in your life that if you share this podcast with, you're going to be able to talk about these concepts, these ideas, share your own experiences. This whole show is not just to offer information and to have these conversations, but it's also to provide a springboard for your own explorations of your own spiritual journey. And we know that that is not a solitary practice. And there's been this idea because we've had to feel like we've got to keep it private or separated or somehow compartmentalize it as a separate part, but this is life. And we hope that, and it is really truly our humble request that you share this podcast with just one person that you feel might resonate with this subject matter. So that way you have somebody to explore and to talk about things from the show. We do get a lot of feedback from people who text us or email us about how, uh, you know, it just started a dialogue between them and another person. uh, And they just, you know, took off on their own explorations. And there's nothing that makes us more excited and giddy than hearing that. I mean, that is why we do this. That's why we are here making these podcasts is because we want people to have their minds and hearts blown open and to feel like there is something that is connecting all of us together. Exactly, exactly, truly. As always, we are eternally and deeply grateful for you, our listeners, and your support by sharing our podcast, by leaving a review, and please subscribe. That's really important, and we love you all for just being who you are in your totality. Our amazing theme music was lovingly created by Frequency Jones. Visit our website, bethelightrocks.com. We'll connect again wherever you are and whenever you are. And Rob, this song is for you. Love you. Love you. I'm a timeout. Scooby-Doo man Oh, Axis Serum See my finger It's like a tower Sending signals To other people
dancing with them Enthusiasm Meditation Sex attraction Spiritual vision Mama uh-huh. 